is the Entertainment Beyond Podcast with your host Jensen Dean Jackson and Alan Weinstein, bringing you all things relevant in pop culture and entertainment. We will be with you weekly, at least, talking about movies, politics, music, and all things in between. So check us out. See you next week. Same bad time, same bad station. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a special episode of Entertainment Beyond. Uh, for the first time ever, I'm joined live by... Alan Weinstein. And we're here, live and in the flesh in the new year. We made it. No one uh, no one stabbed us and took all the money we don't have. We made it to 2020. And today we're going to talk about Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker and... Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Both decent movies. I think if you had to ask me, Alan, I'd say I enjoyed the ride of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood a little bit more than Rise of Skywalker. Uh, you know, I. It's interesting. You know, I clearly Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is has some historical ties to it, factual ties to it. But that whole end scene where. Brad Pitt fights off the All Manson the... killers. Like, that's not the real story. That's not historically accurate. They went into the other house and killed Karen and not, you know what I'm saying? The Manson family. And oh, so, okay. So that's not, so they took it, some liberties there. So it's like, I don't know where the historical accuracy starts and doesn't. So, I mean, that was a little interesting. I'm like, what's going on here? Brad Pitt didn't thwart that attack in real life. Those people came in and killed Sharon Tate and those, her friends, you know what I mean, in real life. And so, and that didn't happen in the movie, which I thought was kind of interesting. Um, you know, the thing about, I guess, a little more interesting ride, here's the thing is is that you know what you're getting with Star Wars. And, and to a certain extent, you know what you're getting with Quentin Tarantino films, too. It's going to be eclectic. It's going to probably be all over the place. But good character development, great dialogue, well-written. And, and you don't always get that from Star Wars. I mean, I think that there's a level of artistic ability difference there. And I mean, it definitely Quentin, wasn't in the prequels at all. Right. Quentin Tarantino is a much better writer, director, filmmaker than I think a lot of the people that are working on the Star Wars stuff are. So I see it as a higher level of art almost. Yeah. Um, and so, and because you don't know what to expect, where with Star Wars, you know what you're getting. You're getting the final chapter. You're getting Ray. You're going to get all that stuff. With You don't know what you're getting with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So it's, it's more of an unpredictable ride, which I think makes it a little more interesting. And what do you think about what I said about it being uh, probably the most different Quentin Tarantino movie in terms of what to expect? I mean, for God's sakes, in Kill Bill Volume 1, he had a loud painted vehicle that was called the Pussy Wagon. Right. And then and, and, um, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I just felt like, first, I don't remember any Quentin Tarantino movie that had that much, um, what do you call it? voiceover or narration right yeah and it just uh, for me i felt like <clears throat> quinn tarantino didn't kick in until the last part of the movie where right. they fucking barbecue that bitch and kill them all it really felt kind of like just just different quinn tarantino not in a bad way just right no different. i think i mean i think he's evolving as a director yeah. and as a writer and i think you know probably you know as someone that takes his art pretty serious he probably wants to do different stuff and kind of, you know, branch out. It has a little bit different feel to it, but it still had that Tarantino undertone, I thought, through kind of the whole thing. I mean, lots of intersecting storylines where you're not always sure in the beginning what's taking place. Like, you know, I mean, the story is is kind of disjointed. I mean, really, you've got Brad Pitt's story and Leo 
Pinocchio's story, and then you have Sharon Tate's story, and they're all kind of existing that you know in the same kind of. Yeah, and I didn't know what was going. On. I didn't even know who the fuck that was supposed to be. Yeah, I, yeah. I didn't grow right. up during this time, right. so, so I kind of. So um, that was you know, uh, so it was kind of weird to see you know that and not really intersect completely until the very end. But I mean, I liked it. I thought Brad Pitt was excellent. I thought his character was great. Quentin Tarantino does a good job of getting the most out of the actors that he has in his films. And I think that's because his writing and his direction is so good. I mean, I just, you know, when you're given a, a good vessel to work with and you're a good actor, I mean, it, it should come you're out gonna good. You're going to want to do good know? things. So A funny note. So the scene between Bruce Lee and I forget the stuntman. <laughs> yeah. So the blonde lady that comes out and flips out and wants him to leave, she was actually, she got her first job in Quentin Tarantino's um, the double feature Grindhouse movie, uh, Death Proof. And she's actually a real-life stunt woman in Hollywood. Really? Yeah, and, and a hot Australian lady. Very cool. That scene was hysterical. That was funny. Where he jumps out of him and he just pushes <laughs> He throws him in the fucking car, man. That was great. Yeah, and then the bitch reads out about the car. That's the bitch, right? The, yeah. The bitch out about the car, yeah. And that's, I thought that was kind of funny. And it remind, I don't know if you ever heard that story about uh, how Christopher Walken, one of his friends and his friend's wife all went on a boating trip. And only Christopher Walken and his friend came back, and their claim forever has been that she just slipped off the boat. Oh, but there's no. a heavy implication oh, wow. that Christopher Walken helped a guy kill his ah, wife. No, I didn't know that. Yeah, I did not know that. And That's so crazy. that fucking I'm, scene. Christopher Walken is a little weird. He's so. strange, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's definitely, you know, he's holding it to better together better than the guy from making a murderer, though. If he did, <coughs> right. I don't know how anybody just slips off a boat. But that scene reminded me of that. Right. That yeah, shit. yeah. 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 No, I liked uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I liked Rise of Star Wars. I thought they were both good. I think that uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was it was it was enjoyable. I mean, it was yeah. I it was there were a couple spots where I thought, you know, what exactly is going on here? Like not like like what is the story? What's the point of this part in the story? But then you got to realize it's Tarantino, and there isn't always necessarily. He kind of sometimes point, drags you know? a little. Well, yeah, it drags a little, yeah. and there's little tangents that don't always that just kind of take place and don't have to be answered. Like, they don't leave unanswered questions, but it's just like, what's going on? And then it moves away from it, and it doesn't really seem to have any bearing. And he seems to do that a few times, you know? Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, I liked Rise of Star Wars. I mean, if, if, I'm, if I'm comparing the two just because, much like you felt with Endgame, and I, and I felt to a certain extent, this was kind of this capper on, you know, 35 years of my life of watching more than that. I mean, Star Wars came out in 77. Yeah. And that took me, you know, when I was like a year and a half old, they made him leave the first time because the first ship scared the shit out of me, <laughs> you know? And so, um, so in that regard, I was super excited to be getting the final chapter in the song. And I think they did a good job. I mean, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll unpack that, but I think they did a good job. Well, the news with uh, the rise of Skywalker is that they, uh, Allegedly, Disney pulled what Warner Brothers did with the Justice League and the whole release of Snyder Cut, where they uh, they went in behind J.J. Abrams and re-jigged the entire movie. Oh, wow. I think the original cut was... It was they said it was so long that J.J. <laughs> wanted to make it two movies, which I would have been cool with. Because the movie, especially the beginning of it, it's, there's so much shit going on. I've never seen a Star Wars movie that opens up, just jump, 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 and you're... You're checking all these boxes of doing this, the shit, and it, it, it progressed so fast that that planet that Kylo killed all the aliens on, that was Mustafar. He was at Vader's right. uh, the castle. The Sith planet, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I, because I didn't know where that, that would have been great to know. Sure. And it, it felt like a movie that was trying to do 
served too many masters. It was trying to fix some of the damage from The Last Jedi. It was trying to close out the trilogy. It was trying to bring balance to the fucking sure. the fan force, if right. you will, because there's been a lot of toxicity with fans of Star Wars. And sure. It's just like, holy fuck. And I think... Uh, I think a, a two-part movie. I mean, why not? If that's the end, if you're ending the Skywalker saga forever, and that's it, there's no more. I didn't see a problem with there being two movies, yeah. but for some reason, uh, Disney, and I kind of believe it, you know, because that's that's what undercut Justice League is. Warner Brothers wanted to serve themselves. There was a whole they would get a back end if they were able to to do a certain amount of things in the amount of time, and so they they honestly could have pushed Justice League out. A couple years to polish it but they pushed it to get that sure. that payment and these at the end of the day no matter how much we might like a movie these companies only serve one master and that's money the almighty dollar and if they're not if it doesn't make sense it doesn't make dollars and i it's it's an unconfirmed rumor that was i listened to a video on youtube someone on reddit but the way that the movie kind of flows there is some um i can't think of the word some some uh, I guess credence to that story. Well, there's definitely some. I, I thought there were some parts where they 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 underdeveloped uh, some of the final storyline. I mean, the, like the whole scene where he shows up and kills all those guys, and there's and there's like you know Palpatine has this Sith army, and it's like, well, wait a second. I thought for the whole can at least in my opinion, I thought through the whole canon, the Star Wars story is there's the master and the. The, yeah, the, the the rule the, of two right and that was it just you, when it came to the Sith usually there was one and now he's got this huge army but he's not using them I mean like where have you had all these guys why haven't you unleashed them I mean why you know why are you just hiding them on this planet like what's the you know what I mean I thought that was a bizarre little wrinkle that never got answered and never really got dealt with properly and probably shouldn't have even been in there because I didn't think it really made much sense like I mean I guess you know you ha- I don't know I mean and that it, that that part to me didn't serve much purpose yeah it was it flowed weird where he already killed one master and then you jump in the, right. the end of this one like oh great so it appears like you're just trading one for another totally. and this guy's worse than the last guy right. was which to be fair you know I I'm now convinced that this is the Palpatine story and yeah. not the Skywalker yeah, story. Yeah, that's what someone else is saying on another I mean, podcast. I mean, I'm thoroughly convinced of that because she's a Palpatine. And I, I didn't see that coming, I'll be honest with you. That twist threw me for a loop when when she was identified as... I mean, I was like, whoa, whoa, really? I, did, I didn't see that coming. So I liked that. I mean, You're I, I luckier really... than me because I... Uh, <laughs> you saw that coming? Well, no. Back when I was working at Butcher Boys, I was listening to all these fucking... These rumors and oh, speculation no, videos. Said, and Palpatine's. no, they someone pretty much leaked the entirety of the fucking plot. Uh, and I listened to it thinking like, yeah, whatever, like bullshit. And then when and then I went it, and seen it, I'm it like, like oh, oh, man, so other people react. I'm like, I kind of robbed. No, I robbed myself Self. of the experience of that. But I, uh, I mean, I like it better. And this is the thing about The Last Jedi is that I'm not on either side of the fence. Sure. I'm in the middle. I understand the need of, I understand, I get what's going on with that. And I kind of like what Ryan Johnson was saying about you don't have to be someone from the previous movies, you don't have to be a Windu or a Kenobi or a Skywalker to be important. Sure. And then they kind of, you know, we're like, no, no, you kind of need to be somebody. And it, it, it kind of does make it the, the Palpatine saga. If according to general Leia Organa, he had been controlling everything from the very, very beginning. Right. Then yeah, it's more so the Palpatine saga via way 
or the Skywalker saga by way of Palpatine. And if you, you know, I know you probably don't read comic books as much as I do, but in some of the comic books, it's suggested, heavily implied, it's left up to our interpretation that Palpatine basically created Anakin Skywalker. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. So he basically created this thing to be this other thing. Interesting. And it just... Uh, yeah, I mean, I clearly, you know, from the beginning of Phantom Menace, when when he's Senator Palpatine, before we know, well, we know because we know from the previous movies that he's the Emperor, but when nobody's supposed to know, you know, when he's trying to rise to power, clearly he's, you know, undermining the Senate and he's got this plan from the beginning. I mean, that's that's the whole basis of the first three movies up to four, you know, up to A New Hope, is that Palpatine's arranged all of this. And clearly, what I guess I don't understand is... is Snoke? Snoke? Yeah, Snoke? Snoke. Snoke. I'm not sure I understand what his character or presence... I, I get it. I mean, I know, but why? If Palpatine's there, what's the purpose of Snoke? They're not together. Kylo Ren is... is is he not really a Sith? I mean, no, I guess he's I not a Sith not at a all. Fifth, right? Cause, no, because Snoke, Snoke was never a Sith uh, Lord. Right. So it's a little kind of confusing. I mean, it's not very clear what's going on there. So, and 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 I didn't think that Snoke was necessarily a needed character. If you're gonna, especially if you're gonna bring Palpatine back, like I mean, why not just eliminate Snoke and have Kylo Ren actually be a Sith? You know what I'm saying? And I mean, it seems yeah. kind of like a weird, but they do that I, again. We've had this discussion many times. I think when you have a situation where you have a person with a story in their mind and then they're not the ones finishing it, you get some weird shit. Because we don't know how Lucas really wanted to finish the story. Oh, it he was, probably didn't even have an idea himself. It's out there on Google. Oh, is it? Yeah, okay. you can Google what is, he wanted to do. And is it a lot different than... It's He wanted to jump into the whole universe of midi-chlorians okay. and, and it wasn't going to be anything like what it is right. now. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, in that respect, you know, I... Because I love George Lucas and because I love the original Star Wars movies, I feel kind of robbed of not getting all of his story. At the same time, I'm not sure I care a whole lot about midichlorians. Yeah. I mean, I, depending on how intense, you know, scientific it got, I mean, I'm not super interested in that. You know, a lot of shows, um, science fiction shows or police procedural shows, when they get too bogged down in procedure and, and nuance, you know, and... and and the way things function, I lose interest. Like I'm not, I don't care. I'm not trying to fly the spaceship. I don't need you to tell me. Just you know, act like a you know like yeah. a normal people. I don't need all the scientific <laughs> stuff about it. You know, um, especially when a lot of that stuff probably isn't true. I mean, there aren't spaceships, so you're making it up, and you're you know you're giving me all of this useless, made up, fake scientific jargon that doesn't do anything but bog down this stuff. And so. Um, I'm not sure, you know, if that's where he was going to go with midichlorians, and I, you know, maybe I would have had a, a, a an adverse reaction to that. But I'm, I'm, I, I'll have to read it. But I think when you get away from the original creator's version, vision, you you don't know what you, what you get. You know, yeah. you get stuff that comes out a little different than it probably would have from the. Absolutely. So. I think. Uh, I mean, if you look at all the trilogies, so the original trilogy and the prequel trilogy, trilogy, they both have like a pretty solid flow, like a pretty solid through line, beginning, middle, and end with this fucking trilogy. And that's my problem with the middle movies, that the middle movie, the way that's set up and the way it ends feels like the end. That They Return could have the made Jedi? that... No, um, the, last, the Last Jedi. Right, where he that, turns into... Basically, where he turns into Vader. Yeah, right. and, and the kid at the end, just the way it ends where the kid's got the broom and he's looking up at stars, like that feels like... 
the middle movie feels like the end. That doesn't feel like something, and that really, in my opinion, hurt this movie. And there's all the bullshit where you could just you could just tell with certain shit that they were trying to be like, you know, like when Luke catches the lightsaber, it's like, hey, you got to respect this. This is a Jedi's weapon. Like, right. where the fuck was that energy in the last movie, you, totally. you old fuck? And it just, I like the movie. I really love Rey as a character. If you've, anybody's seen my Facebook, they know that. <laughs> uh, maybe a little more than just as a character. Yeah, the, <laughs> a, little, a little bit. A little just, just, just tiny, <laughs> and Enough to make uh, previous girlfriends uh, suspicious, which is like, that's an actress. It's a whole different level than me. Why are you mad? And uh, but I, uh, I like the the um, start to finish storyline of Kylo Ren back from from Ben Solo to Kylo Ren back to Ben Solo. Um, See, I like. I, I I was not. Fa- that was one of my least favorite parts. My wife loves Kylo Ren and and the whole Ben Solo. You didn't know. like the conflict. I didn't. I didn't no? care for it. He he never. He never. I don't mind the angst. I don't mind the conflict. What I, what bothered me was that he never came across to me scary enough. Well, that's because he Vader, was trying. Vader was terrifying, and Vader was terrifying. Even I mean, clearly he was super terrifying in the in the first you know the original the middle three movies because you don't know where he comes from. You know when you first see those as a kid, it's just Darth Vader and you don't know where he comes from and he's you know James Earl Jones who has his voice that's terrifying. You know what I'm saying? And then. It, it, a little bit less, you know, he becomes demystified in the, in the first three films when you meet Anakin as a little kid and then you realize, oh shit, this is Darth Vader. And so it demystifies it a lot. But he's still, when, when he's, that, that scene in four where they blast open the side of the ship and he walks in with the music and the breath, that's a terrifying scene. And never once did I have that feeling with Kylo Ren, even when he was trying to be scary and intimidating. I just didn't feel that. I never, he always felt like, like you said, like he was playing at being bad and never fully committed. And as a result, I, he was never scary to me in that regard. I thought he was always too much of a fence rider. Um, and, and as a result, he came back, you know, ultimately, you know, you see him kind of come back to the good side. So, I mean, I, you know, I, and and decide that you know that's not that the dark side isn't the right way or whatever you know and so I don't and if you're not going to be and I guess part of that is that he like you said he wasn't really ever a Sith so he never fully committed I guess to the dark side Snoke was a different kind of situation I mean the First Order is different I guess than the Empire I mean I don't Snoke's clearly a different kind of bad guy than Palpatine is or was I mean he's not a Sith so I don't know you know I mean yeah so I don't I. I I didn't dislike him. I just never found him super intimidating. And for to be the new villain, and 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 in a way that was supposed to be, in my opinion, uh, which is something that Star Wars has done through all the movies, which drives me nuts, is copycat the same thing over and over again. Clearly, Kylo Ren is supposed to be a new version of Darth Vader. I mean, it's the same style mask, almost. I mean, it's that same kind of... He's supposed to cast that imposing visage, and he just didn't for me. You know, he just... I don't know. He didn't. He he definitely doesn't stack up to Darth Vader in any way, shape, or form. See, I always thought he kind of reminded me of Anakin Skywalker throughout the later two prequel movies, just in terms of the whininess right. and the whole. Sure. There was one. Oh, at the end of the Force Awakens, where he uh, he calls Finn a traitor, right? And the posture and the way he yells and everything sounds exactly the way that Hayden Christian's. Since sounded at episode three 
when he called uh, Padme a liar. Yeah. It just reflected, and so he, he reminded me less of, uh, well, I guess you could say the man before the mask of Darth Vader. So less Darth Vader, more Anakin Skywalker. Yeah. So in that respect, he was channeling his grandfather. Sure. You know, in a way, but it it, it was always like like a kid idling his father, but like say that kid is the fucking son of, of fucking Hitler. But not nearly as terrible. So, you know, I, I think, uh, I definitely, I, I, I think whatever J.J. had planned, he should have at least read the scripts and made people stick to him. I think that it was a mistake to let different directors come in and, and do shit because there was probably a more, I, I did, so in the news press, they said that they had already always planned it to be Palpatine in the end. I don't fucking believe that. I think that there was something that they were going to do with Snoke. I don't believe that they intended for him to die. I think that they they really had something. He was an interesting character. Who the fuck is this guy and where did he come from? Right. And he's he had claimed to have been around since the old days of the Galactic Republic. Right. Like, you know, he seems to be, you know, and he had immense power to be able to be in a hologram and, right. and pull General Hux down by the force and shit. And it just kind of sucks that there was a giant wrench thrown in it, and he was killed. That was surprising when they killed him. And well, yeah, to, I mean, I thought Palpatine was dead. I mean, we yeah. all did, and we thought I thought this was going to be the new real bad guy. This yeah. is the guy that's taken over now, and then they eliminated him. It's like he, his story was so small, and you know, he had, he, he, there was nothing. Which is really when, which is which is. It seems ironic and almost contradictory when your main character is Kylo Ren, who's his apprentice. You know what I mean? Like, you don't, you want Kylo Ren to be the big bad guy, but you don't give us anything from where he comes from or how he became. At least, even though it, it's torturous watching Anakin become Darth Vader, both it's torturous watching it because I hate teenage angst. I, I just can't <laughs> do that. You know, that crying and that, all that stuff all the time. So, in that way, it's brutal, but it's brutal watching him go through what he goes through. Before he becomes Darth Vader, and you don't get any of that with Kylo Ren. No. He's just Kylo Ren, and you don't know why. I mean, you know he's mad at his mom or his dad, and, and he's mad at his uncle, right? You know, know, but you don't really know why. You don't get all that, and you don't get to see Snoke, you know, indoctrinate him or or figure out, you know, how he came to even meet Snoke or any of that stuff. I, I mean, think in the 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 extent of like <laughs> the books and stuff, it's implied from Rider Red that he had been Snoke. Well, I guess now Palpatine, because Snoke was a clone of Palpatine's have been manipulating him through the force and sending him dark images and stuff, uh, allegedly, according to some stuff I've read online. But it's just, like... This is the frustrating thing about watching so many movies, that you get used to a certain style, like in, if we, you put it up against Avengers Endgame, they really flushed out fucking Thanos' backstory in that you could really... Feel that he was the one manipulating right. certain elements when it came to the stones throughout all twenty three fucking movies. Sure. And with this, like, I don't feel. You still don't. Know. I don't feel that. Like, I just I, there's just so much, just so much that. First of all, you know, if we're gonna get a star, another Star Wars story, a Star Wars story, we need a Star Wars story. Who did Palpatine fuck? Cause sure, I'm sorry, but like, you just have a fucking son. Like, when the fuck did? Like, when did that right. happen? If you're supposed to be dead and you just cool. have a son like that, that's another thing I'm talking about. The movie, just so many answers. I don't really believe that they were like, from the beginning, J.J. Abrams, like, we're going we're gonna to end this yeah. with Palpatine True. being the main source of all the problems. I, uh, I wasn't terribly let down by the, um, the execution, but that's because I already knew that most of the spoilers are pretty much the whole entire movie, except for 
the ending. Like, I knew the part about the dyad and the Sith dagger and Palpatine being back. But I, uh, I guess if you're going to ask me which one I like out of this trilogy, it would be Star Wars The Force Awakens, which is kind of sad because it's just almost a skeleton copy of, of, of Star Wars, the first one. Sure. It's it's still a good movie, and, you know, it's fast-paced and shit, but then you go back and you're, you're picking it apart, and it's like, there really isn't, like, any kind of personality here or individuality. This is, you know, kind of like a, a, a kid brother seeing his older brother and emulating everything off of that. Yeah. Still a fun movie, but... uh I think the story went too long, honestly. On The Force too. Awakens? Oh, no, 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 uh, just the whole... Oh, the whole the saga. Whole, the, the nine chapters. I mean, I... It's it's too like this. I mean, it, it's too roller coastery. It's not there. There's more than one climax and peak. It's like they finished it a couple times and then revived it. You know, almost. That's what it feels like. You know, it could have ended. It, it in theory, if all you had made was the first three movies, not four, five, and six, but one, two, and three, it could end with his transformation to Darth Vader. And that would be it. I mean, in theory, it would be kind of weird, but it could end there. And you could be okay with it. And then you get the three, and it could end at Return of the Jedi. That would be fine, because Darth Vader's dead, and the, in theory, the, the Emperor's dead. They've destroyed the Death Star. They're all celebrating with the Ewoks, and you know, which, of course, they brought back at the end of fucking... Yeah. Dude, if there's something that Star Wars is great for, it's fucking regurgitating something. I mean, everything. I mean, it's like, really? You're back with the Ewoks again? Yeah. Like, I mean, I guess I get it, but it's like, you know, I don't... And, and I, there's that sense of wanting to have Star Wars fans see things that they're familiar with, nostalgic with. I get that. And at the same time, it's like, really? First, the Ewoks sucked in the first place. You know what I mean? Oh, <laughs> uh, you want an Ewok fan? <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, I, you know, I like them... On par with Jar Jar Binks. Well, know, yeah, the, they say Return of the Jedi is the most like kid friendly right. of the original trilogy. Yeah, so I mean, I, you know, I think that the problem <laughs> is, is that they, you know, clearly the problem is that Lucas only meant for those first three to be self sustaining, and even though it's a story with that needed some beginning because I enjoy the first three movies, you could have been okay without it. You know what I'm saying? And, and because they've then went back and added on three and then three at the end, it feels like they've been added on. It feels like a, a renovation project where they've added yeah. bathrooms to a house. It's not the original shell, you know, and as you get discrepancies. Here's a perfect example. Me and my wife are watching. We She wants to watch all of them. So we just, we've made it through one, two, and three. And so she we just started four. And I'm looking at, Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru, and they're like 60. Obi-Wan Kenobi's like 60. And Last Jedi, or uh, The Last Jedi, yeah, The Last Jedi, where he becomes Darth Vader, they're like... Revenge of the Sith. Revenge of the Sith, sorry. They're, you know, they're like they're supposed young, to be like a 20-year... Yeah. There's supposed to be a 20-year gap between the the Revenge of the Sith and and A New Hope. Yeah. And it's, it looks more like 40 years. Obi-Wan is like 65, not 45, you know, because he was like 25. Yeah. You know? And so there's some continuity gaps. And, and and that's because they didn't expect to have to bridge that. I don't think they ever expected to have to bridge that continuity. No one was ever going to say, well, Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru don't look the same because they you didn't know how they were supposed to look, in the, you know, in, in the... In the past, because they that story wasn't developed, so they definitely it didn't looked matter. like there were young twenties and right, exactly, yeah. yeah. And then so there's you know there's and you see those along the way. I mean, I just at different times, and so I you know, and I think that's what happens when you get disjointed parts of stories being done in different segments and different people doing them. You know, 
But I enjoyed it. I mean, I thought that it, I, like I said, I, I didn't expect Ray to be Palpatine's granddaughter. Yeah, granddaughter. Granddaughter. And uh, so I liked that twist, that term. So, I mean, I got something new that I wasn't expecting, so I liked that. And I thought for what they had to do and getting it in two hours, two, two hours and 20 minutes or so, I think it was. Something like that. They put a pretty good bow on on nine chapters in 33 years or 40 years, however long it's been. I mean, it's in my opinion. I mean, it could have been a lot worse. Could have been better probably. Too, Could have been Game of Thrones bad. Yeah, I mean, I don't, you know, I don't know if, if you know, if you need two movies to tell the finish, then I, you know, you do that. And I like J.J. Abrams. I think he's a good writer, a good director, and you know, I, I, I trust him. I, I, you know, I think that if you let him do his thing, it's going to be good. And so, you know, if he writes two movies, you know, do the two movies and do it the way the guy that you hired to come in and do it that has a reputation for doing good stuff, do his job and not come in behind him and then undermine yeah, him. Undercut him. You know what I mean? I mean, that doesn't make any sense. At the same time, I'm not frustrated with the fact that it was only one movie and that I don't have to wait for another year to see part 10 or part 2 of chapter 9. You know, I mean, I'm not... Because they do that. I mean, they even yeah, when they, they shoot them together, they'll for wait money. a fucking year. Yeah. So, dude, I'm just tired of, you know, I mean, it's been a long time already coming. And so it's like, you know, I'm, I'm glad that they finished it. What I'm interested in now, though, is I'm very interested in, because Disney's big on doing this and then with The Mandalorian and so on, is I, I, I'm very interested in all the offshoot stuff that hopefully they're going to do. I mean, there's so much going on in the Star Wars universe that you can do tons and tons and tons of stuff with never touching any of the main characters ever again and make it super exciting. I think Mandalorian is one of the best things they've done in, in the Star Wars universe, and it's got nothing to do with any of those people, you know? I mean, yeah. Um, so, I, you know, there's a lot of room for, and I'm sure Disney, because it's money and people love Star Wars, are going to keep doing that. So I'm kind of interested to see what they do. Well, the funny thing is that, um, so when they bought all the IP from George Lucas, when I guess one of the stipulations of the contract is that if they use any of his original characters, his original ideas, they got to pay him. So I think their thing is they want to get away from that as much, so they're going to keep on creating these new characters to kind of (laughs) get away from having to pay George Lucas, you know, any kind of money, because it's money, and Disney is, I mean... Look, they every every movie that's been a success last year and made billions of dollars was Disney, sure. and it's like kind of an unfair mon- monopolization on the uh, entertainment market. Definitely. But who the fuck are we to say other things? But there is uh, that's why I'm fine with it, and because there's so much other shit. Like they had the expanded universe that they made Legends, but there's you know Han and Leia had like three kids. Right. One of their kids was basically like Ben Solo turned bad, killed one of his siblings. You know, Luke had married and had a kid with someone. Then you know thousands of years later, there was a a uh, he had a great great grandson who was like super strong in the Force. You know, they didn't really stick away from. Right. But there's other shit that you know. Away from from the Skywalker right. people, that if like I was saying, if it's a galaxy far, far away, why are we stuck just on this one tiny little part of the sure. galaxy? Always focused on these people. I get that they're the most strong with the Force, but there are other stories. You know, sure. like I I I don't even give a shit. I, I really like lightsabers, but I totally like. For, I've been saying forever, I'd like a bounty hunter show, and we yeah. got one. And look, like it's just as interesting as something with a fucking lightsaber. I think there's sure. a lot of shit and uh, 
I think that Disney kind of fucked up with their execution of bringing the movies back and jumping in, just jumping in full, full gallop with the shit. And so I think, you know, they're doing good with John Favreau and the Mandalorian. I say you get some other people. You know, they got uh, Clone Wars, another season of that coming out. I read a rumor that they're going to do an, uh, a, a sequel to Star Wars Rebels, which okay. towards the end was actually a really good show. It, it was another one that got away from the lore of what we knew. And I think it was like right either before the time of the uh, of the original Star Wars movie, okay. somewhere right before there or was a little after. But it was like a suggest you check it out. It's really fucking good. And they, they've got access to everything that right. Lucas, you know, do something. Go out there, get the fuck, get far. I mean, yeah, I definitely want to see more stories of Rey and, and all of them. But don't be afraid to take a fucking risk. And, sure. you know, they tried to to blame, you know, because... They have tons of interesting characters. I mean, we're getting... I, I'm hoping that through The Mandalorian, we're going to get some sort of vague, rough origin story of maybe where Yoda kind of came from as we watch this baby kind of do its thing, I think. But I'd love to see a Yoda origin story or a story about Yoda's people. Yeah, I wouldn't want to see a Yoda origin story. No, you wouldn't? See, I'd like to see that. That that interests me. I mean, I'd like to see that. I'd love to see... You know, a, a Lando Calrissian backstory. I mean, I'd love well, you kind of get his backstory in Han Solo. Yeah, you do a little yeah. bit. But I mean, I'd love to see a Lando standalone film. I mean, I, you know, I mean, I'd like to see all that stuff. I mean, and even more away from those characters. You know, yeah. I, you know, the fact that these, I thought that what they did was really cool when Finn found those other stormtroopers that had been taken, like he was, and had, you know, since renounced being stormtroopers and, you know, kind of come back to being themselves. And I'd love to see. Stories about, you know, the Empire kidnapping these kids. I mean, not not that that's something I'm interested in. But, you know what I'm saying, though? I mean, yeah. There's all these great ideas that they can definitely, you know, play with and, and, and move on. So I'm and, you know, interested in what they do. A funny thing about that girl, Stormtrooper, is that I read that she's pretty much definitely Lando Calrissian's daughter. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah see, that was so one of the things that they that, cut. Uh, yeah. Right, yeah, so... Show us that, you know, give us a Lando story or, you know, whatever. I mean, I don't, the other thing that kind of threw me and it's, it's terrible to say because they're, they're not necessarily in the same realm, but when, uh, Grief Karga first appeared, I was like, oh, Lando. Oh wait, that's not Lando. That's, uh, uh that's Action Jackson. That's Carl Weathers. That's not Lando Karasi. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> it kind of threw me for a loop because they look similar. <coughs> they carry, they dress similar. They carry themselves similar. Clearly, he's supposed to be like a copy to a certain extent. I mean, he's even got the mustache. Right. So, I mean, it's like, okay, that was a little odd. What is that? That's something that I've noticed, you know, for a while. That was something that was always like, uh, I'm sure you'd probably feel that way. Like, maybe if they had someone, a character that kind of represented your uh, ethnic background. Because for a long time, there was only Lando. He was the only black dude. And then Samuel Jackson came along. And now we've gotten like, it's kind of sad. There's about five. Right black people that we know of in the Star Wars universe but it's funny that the last three Lando uh, Carl's, Carl Weathers character and then the, the bad guy from the end of the episodes of Mandalorian they're all rocking mustaches like you yeah. know if you're black and you're in Star you gotta Wars rock you mustache. gotta rock a mustache that's right and if you can rock a cape and you're doing great cape work even better <laughs> and the bad guy in Mandalorian he was doing fantastic cape work definitely Just, Sinister shit. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's what they, they love to regurgitate stuff. I mean, they yeah. definitely have an eye for what they think, I think they think Star Wars people, fans want to see. 
and they continue. To, and I'm not sure that that's necessarily true. I think. I mean, it's uh, okay, and at the same yeah, time, I like new stuff. I but mean, don't, don't be afraid to break away from the right. That was one of the things that I was reading on Google. Ryan Johnson was saying that you can't, uh, you can't be catering to fans or be afraid to do your own thing. Sure. And to a certain degree, it's true, and especially the way that, especially after the Last Jedi, it's like you're looking at all these stories on online about people that are claiming to be Star Wars fans and just being ugly and shit and you know it's kind of like the main thing about Star Wars is you know basically Rose's speech at the end of The Last Jedi and you know if you take that and you apply it to real life like then I'm not going to say anybody's not a fan like obviously you love it but you're letting your love for something turn you hateful and kind of in the context of Star Wars that hate leads to anger and suffering and you know then you're killing younglings and it's uh but I kind of believe that, like, you can't be afraid. What? How are you supposed to go bigger and better sure. if you're still trying to stay low to the ground? Sure. And I think that's it's, that's something that they've done with a couple different series and trilogies. It's just, you, you, we, we got so much shit. It's not like, you know, <coughs> if you had something that was contained and then you tried to expand it. It's different. It's fucking Star Wars. It's a galaxy far, far away. Sure. Go further. Right. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, Star Trek does that, you know, and when right. their movies, they got a sure. five year mission. Sure. And then we're picking up at the tail end of that. Right. Let's let's get some action like that. I'd be I'd be interested in, in a fucking movie about like shit. Let's watch a bounty hunter droid. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Fucking they're they're fucking creatures. You know, there's there's a bounty hunter that's like a lizard dude. Uh called I think his name is Bosk or something like that. Pretty badass. There's all these badass characters right. that it, it just, you know, I'm ready. And, and this is the thing is that when the original trilogy, I remember being old enough in the original trilogy, not when it came to theaters, but they made a big deal. Sure. Uh, kids, TV used to be a really big deal when they premiered movies. They made a big thing sure. out of it. In the 90s, and, yeah. They yeah. And they premiered them night back to back. So I remember that. And for me, that was a special feeling. So it's crazy for me to say, like I posted on Facebook that, uh, at 30 years, 31 years old in 2019, Jumanji 3 and Star Wars 9 were in theaters. Like, that's... Yeah. And it's something that my old GM, when I worked at Taco Bell, Paul would say, and it would put a silver lining on. It's like, maybe the movies aren't going to be great, but he'd say things like, I get to still go to the movie theaters and see a new Halloween or a new Terminator or, you know, a new Star Wars. So in that respect, I think that's really cool because I didn't think that past... I thought after The Revenge of Sith, like, that was it. Right. Like, he's like, all right, I completed, you know, my sixth movie. I didn't know that he wanted to do nine originally. (coughs) I knew that he wanted to do six. And, you know, the execution left a little bit to be desired. Well, kind of a lot, especially the first two ones. (laughs) But uh, I'm still, you know, you got a silver linings in. Still pretty cool that you can, you know, be as old, however old you are, and whether you're a child or you're a new fan or you're an old fan, and still, even if you don't like it, you're still getting something that's connected to your childhood. Right. Yeah, no, I agree. And they're and they're creating, you know, they're by doing more, they're able to create a whole new generation of fans that aren't just connecting because their parents connected and their parents have showed it to them, but because it's relevant to their current generation as well. You know what I'm saying? I mean, when I watch the old Star the the, the, the original trilogy, you can tell that they were made in the fucking seventies. You know, I mean I love that stuff, but I mean the the monochrome screens, all that stuff, and to my kids and my kids' 
kids, you know, Bella's age, 10, 12, those things are way, they don't oh, have, yeah. they don't care for that stuff. It's boring they, to them. It's boring to them. They want to see stuff that they can relate to, you know, that, that, that they're that they're used to interacting with and seeing or that they can imagine is what it would be like, you know. And so you get to get that with new movies. So you get to bring a whole new generation of fans to Star Wars. And I and I get that, you know, and I, and I you know, I don't, I mean, I... I like it. I, you know, I love Star Wars. So, I mean, I, I, I can't have too much Star Wars. I guess I get frustrated with a lot of the critics and the people that... And, and I overanalyze stuff, too, but not to the point where I tear it down, yeah. in my opinion. I, you know, I... It's fun. It's entertainment. It's mindless entertainment. It's fucking fictional, dude. I mean, it's not real. I mean, what are you getting pissed off about? I mean, <laughs> I understand that I just made a comment about the continuity between, you know, Uncle Owen, you know, being a different age and Obi-Wan looking older than he's supposed to. But those are little things, and it doesn't ruin the movie for me. Like, you know, I can mention them, and it, and it doesn't really ruin really, it. It just is what it is, you know? Um, and, and I can still enjoy it because it's just Star Wars, and it's fun, you know? I mean, it doesn't have to always be just this tight, perfect little thing, you know? I mean, you can just enjoy it because it's enjoyable. You don't always have to overanalyze it. And that's what a lot of people do, you know? I mean, they, they overanalyze and pick stuff apart to the point where it, it takes it and becomes unenjoyable. Yeah, you know? it's not fun anymore. It's just, just the thing that you mutilated because right. you were a, kind of a crybaby. I guess, yeah. yeah. I don't even know what your deal is, you know? I mean, I, this is a great example. I had this conversation with somebody, uh, with my daughter yesterday. Uh, you know, what do you do with people who just want to fuck with other people. I mean, their whole agenda is to tear down other people. You know what I'm saying? Whether it's verbally, uh, physically, stealing, whatever the case may be, they want to impose upon other people. You know what I'm saying? And their opinions, their views, and, and I don't know how you handle that. And they get joy out of making people mad and upsetting people and giving contradictory opinions just to be assholes. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, I don't... What do you do with people like that? You know I mean? I don't... They're just so unnecessary, you know? I mean, just be truthful. Be honest. Don't be, you know, if you don't like it, don't like it. If you like it, like it. But don't be an asshole just to be a fucking yeah. asshole, you know? Don't tear something down just because you can't. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, it's what's the point, you know? I mean, I don't... And that's the that's the, the, <clears throat> the sad and kind of dangerous thing about the the day, the, the era we live in, you know? So that was all of what 2019 was about people being offended. But, you know, there's... There's the appropriate kind of being offended, and then there's being a fucking cocksucker, and like you're saying, tearing shit down like right. that. Then, then you're then you're the offender. You're basically a, not basically you are a fucking hypocrite, and you're repeating a vicious cycle, and it's it just doesn't make any sense. Right. Like, you can have your opinions, but yeah. keep them to yourself. I mean, you know, I I firmly believe, and I know that a lot of people don't, but I believe. You know, if you have nothing nice to say, don't say anything at all. Just keep your fucking mouth shut. You can have all the opinions you want in your head. You can talk to your spouse, your best friend later about it, someone that's not involved. But you just keep your mouth shut. You don't impose how you feel about a situation on somebody else. You just don't do that, you know? And, and uh, you know, uh, get tired of people that do that. And that's what the internet is, you it's know? It's a mean fucking place. If I was famous like that, like, I wouldn't have any social media. Right. Nothing. Yeah. I, I and I couldn't do it because of that. Yeah. I mean, not that people are banging down my door for me 
me to star in movies or make <laughs> rap albums, but the reality is, is that I wouldn't want to be a celebrity. I just, I wouldn't. I mean, that the, the the what comes along with that, it's not worth it to me. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's well, not. Well, you kind of sell a piece of your soul. For sure, for sure, and it's not a piece of my soul I'm willing to sell. I don't, I, I don't like being under the microscope at all. I don't want to be scrutinized. I, not that I have anything to hide per se, but I just don't want to be scrutinized. I don't, you know, every little move you make, every word you say, every people you watch know. you. Yeah, and I'm not. Yeah, I'm I'm cool on that, and I'm not perfect enough to fucking <laughs> feel comfortable with that kind of observation of my life. <laughs> <laughs> not I mean, I can only are. imagine what people would say if they were watching my life. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Probably fucking wig out on people or something if I heard what people thought about me. <laughs> yeah, but see, that would be my problem, too, is I, that I uh, am a little too quick to fire back. Well, so. there's that great skit on the new Eminem Kam- Kamikaze album where he's like, I got that fucker's address, I'm going to his house, yep. and that's, that's <laughs> probably how I would be. He lives in Michigan, and I'm on my way to his house. <laughs> yeah, you know, like, fuck. Yeah, I mean, I don't, you know, I, I'm not necessarily opposed to constructive criticism. I'm not, you know, I don't think that I'm perfect to the point where I can't be criticized at all. But at the same time, I'm not, I'm not real interested in, in hearing people talk shit about me. Yeah. That's what, that's what these celebrities deal with, you know. I mean, it's, it's constantly, everybody's watching you, everybody wants a picture, you know. You have kids, you have a family. It's not, exactly. Nothing is a personal moment to you. Exactly. Because you're always in the public side. That would be the, the toughest thing. And I'd be doing shit like Sean Penn and some of those other, yeah. you know, Russell Crowe beating the shit yeah. out of paparazzi. Absolutely. You know, like, yeah, no, I get it. I mean, it sounds like Eminem's whining about how miserable his life is, you know, being harassed by people. But that shit sucks, I'm sure. You like, know, even can't go you... in the bathroom to take a shit or take a piss without someone trying to, hey, what's up, man? How's it going? <laughs> Let me get a picture. Dude, I'm trying to pee. You yeah. Know what I'm I'm feeding my daughter some food. Can you leave me alone for five fucking minutes? You know, and you, you just can't. And at the same time, you're a dick for expecting that because you're a celebrity and people want to know what's going on. And you knew that when you first put out that first rap. This isn't new to anybody, especially in 2019. Anyone that's a new celebrity, you've been watching this for fucking years. Yeah. I mean, maybe people in the 50s and 60s before this stuff started happening had no idea that there would be. I mean, even then they had, you know, newspapers that had media columns and stuff and, and photographers trying to catch pictures of celebrities doing stuff but before this new digital media age you know um but now you you know what you're getting into and you can't be mad once you get what you already knew was coming i mean you can but you look like an asshole yeah you're in a no-win situation because you have every right to be pissed off, but as soon as you get pissed off, you look like an asshole. Because really, you knew what you were getting into, you know? As soon so, as you start doing it. <laughs> so, yeah, you're in a no-win situation. Again, not like anyone's begging me to be the celebrity, but... Even if you won the lottery, it would be sure. something to that effect. It would exactly. just be different because it would be all these people from your past, people you don't know, everybody right. expecting a piece of... Right, you know, right. hey man, I was good to you that one time. Right, right, right. When you, or, hey, when you didn't have money for the coffee. Yeah. The wall, but I have this great idea. You want to invest? No, go no, away. No, <laughs> I'm gonna go disappear away. to an island. You know? Yeah, no, that shit is yeah. It's, so, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's so. Yeah, the, it, there's definitely super toxicity with Star Wars fans. I was reading something. I think it was a video or something. Someone talking about apparently there's like a big debate about what it takes to be a Star Wars fan online. I'm just like, this is fucking ridiculous. Like, I, I, especially with The Last Jedi and how they fucking bullied the, uh, 
Kelly Marie Tran, the chick that played Rose, off of social media. Oh, really? I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, and, and that's another fucked up thing is that, like, she's an actress. She's starting to play a part. She can't help what right. someone else wrote. Right, for sure. She's just doing her fucking job, right. trying to entertain all of us. It's, uh, you know, I had to, like, apologize. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Like, this is not how anyone of a fan of anything should behave. That'd be like if Harry Potter fans... We're doing the same shit over over the new, you know, um, Fantastic Beast movies. Like you missed the entire uh, message of what J.K. Rowling was trying to preach with those books exactly. by even acting that way. Like just pull your head out of your ass. There's more. We just fucking tried to start World War Three with Iran. Like there's way more fucking important shit than arguing about your precious fucking childhoods. Which it ultimately comes down to is people not being able to fucking move on and that's the thing about generations that this isn't really for us this is a continuation of what we love but it's for our kids or if we're older our kids kids and you got like some of the messages in the fucking last jedi were kind of powerful you know like you gotta sometimes gotta let the past die you know or kill it if you have to some things when you grow up you gotta let go you gotta give it up or you pass it on you know you passing the torch and that's what this these trilogies, these new ones, like I feel like my trilogy was the prequel trilogy because I was coming up at the time and your trilogy sure. is the original sure. and my kids' trilogy would be the new, the sequel sure. trilogy and either enjoy or go the fuck away, go somewhere where no one can scream in pillows, you right. know, and, you know, choke yourself like David Carradine or sure. whatever you might want to do. Right, right. But don't make it so that other people feel like they're a piece of shit for enjoying something that you're not enjoying. Exactly. And I think that you can do like what we do here on this, which is, a, you know, an honest conversation and, and a viable you know, review of a movie without tearing it down. Even if it's a bad film, I don't think that we're, you know, the kind that really destroy something. I mean, I don't, I, you know, I try not to do that. I mean, I, you know, I think that we're pretty good about just identifying what we like about it and not, you know, trying to impose how we Not feel being about, uh, horrible upon, people. Right, upon everybody else. Yep. So, I don't know. I mean, you know, internet sucks in a lot of ways. At the same time, I love it. I mean, <laughs> I don't want it to go away. It's, it is fun, but there is definitely a dark side of it. And I don't, uh, I don't know if you had anything else to contribute to the Star Wars or not. anything in that. And uh, people... Uh, I did say a long time ago on, I think, the pilot that I would cover books from time to time, and I've only covered one other book, and it was a Star Wars comic book. But I was I meant to tell you about this, uh, the fucking history of Quidditch, yeah. which is, I, and speaking of being able to go outside the main storyline, that's the reason I love books like this. I had actually picked it up for my roommate as a as a gift. It's Written by J.K. Rowling, it's the the Quidditch uh, right. through the throughout the ages, and it kind of traces the origins of how Quidditch started. It's really fun. I've only it's a short book, and so I'm kind of making it last longer than it is because I'm enjoying it, and I I just it ties into what we're talking about with Star Wars with being able to move outside the purview of what you started, and you know especially when you, when you create a world that's rich. Right. And you've got a lot of shit brimming. And so that's uh, that would be my review for the book, A History or Quidditch Throughout the Ages. I think it's a fantastic read if anybody likes Harry Potter, you know, and you want to get outside of Harry Potter because eventually, you know, even with legacies, like 
legacies and things end. And I think it's fantastic to go outside. That's what's good about the Fantastic Beast movies. That you, you, I mean, it's kind of leading up, especially right. with them stretching out. It's leading up to the events of Harry Potter, but you're looking at a time a period in that universe before the big, interesting thing, so to speak, happened. And right. so, yeah, I definitely suggest picking up a copy. Maybe you can find one at the local library, even though super popular books are hard to find. And who wants to put a hold on something that's like a year and a half out? <laughs> but yeah, I definitely, that's another uh, book I'll suggestion. Check yeah. I'll check that out. I, you know, she's done a good job of really expanding the universe. I don't know if you're familiar with Tales from Beatles. From I, uh, I, I own that book. I mean, it's comparable to this kind of idea. You know, it's another reach out from that Harry Potter kind of universe. And they're great. I mean, they're all fictional fairy tale stories that are wizarding stories that are made up by her. You know, she's an incredibly creative person. I mean, it's unreal the stuff that she produces, you know, over and over and over again. And that, yeah, I mean I, I mean, I love it. I mean, I this stuff is the stuff that's really cool because that's the stuff that you... Some of it can get bogged down. As much as I enjoyed Tales from Beetle the Bard, I didn't care for the Fantastic Beast book. I don't know if you're familiar with it at all, but it really is like a, a encyclopedia compendium of just the creatures, which is very another one of these kind of too scientific, too in depth, too too much minutia. You know where I mean it's literally a book where it's Newt Scamander's guide to Fantastic Beasts, and it's literally like. 40 pages or 50 pages, maybe it's 100 pages, of, you know, two creatures per page, and it's like a little encyclopedia, and that's all okay. it is. And so it's a little, that's a little too minutia-oriented for me, but I like the Quidditch stuff, and I like, you know, it depends on what the backstory is that they're trying to tell or the area that they're expanding upon for me. But, I yeah, I mean, I, I remember she mentions that book several times throughout the Harry Potter stories. And I didn't yeah. read that, so I didn't know that she actually put it out, so I'll have to check yeah, it out. Yeah, that's, that's the cool thing about the uh, beginning of the book, too, is that it's got, like, you know, like, it's a nice, library like book. checked it out from Hogwarts. Yeah. yeah, that's sweet. So that's even a cool little that's touch. Really cool. Yeah. No, I mean, she's done a great... I don't know if you've ever been on Pottermore. On... No, I've never jumped on to the website, and I think they're changing it or something like well, that. Well, so I messed around with it when I first came out like three years ago, I want to say. You know, just got on and, and created an account just to see what it was. And it was pretty cool. I mean, lots of interactive stuff. And I know they've done a lot of stuff over it. And, and as I understand it, they're retooling the whole thing. But, you know, just that the idea that there's, there is this whole world that you've created for fans to love. And we don't want it to go away. And just because you're done with the Harry Potter story doesn't mean there isn't a whole bunch else to do. Exactly. And and what I like about this um, Quidditch or Tales from Be- Quidditch Through the Ages or Tales from Beetle to the Bard or even the, the Newt's Commander Fantastic Beast books is that she's involved in all of them. We haven't gotten to the point yet where we have the George Lucas situation where she's not involved in what's going on. And so I think it's kept a lot of its real nuances that, that, that she has that she brings to that universe because it's all her vision still. Although I think with what I read recently in the news about some tweets she made, oh. she might not be involved. There's not been anything from Warner Brothers saying that they're going to sever ties with J.K. Rowling, but I guess there was some some scandal. I, I, I work a lot and I live in my own world, so I don't really pay attention to news, but I guess there was some scandal where a trans woman was kicked out of a 
like a job or something like that and she tweeted support for for that so there's a big backlash of people right now totally up in arms against jk rowling really because of uh her comments so i who knows if she'll i know she's written the 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 first two fantastic beast movies and <laughs> yeah i just i don't know people you know yeah, like I said, I mean, I get really leery when they start to take something that's so, that we've grown to love so much and let other people come in and tweak around in it and, and mess with it. I just, I, it starts to worry me about what we're going to end it's up with. different when you're doing something like Marvel where you can have uh, different creators because it, it, the, that's the way the comic books flow where you've got one team will pick up and do a run for a little while and then you have a whole other team once that that runs ended, and it works in Marvel movie where it doesn't really work with something like Star Wars or Harry Potter, where you uh just got you know playing playing hot potato like I got this one now you do the next one and maybe we'll toss it back to me or you'll toss it back to the other guy oh the other guy quit I guess you toss it back to me you know it flows nicer and that's the thing about the the prequels I said earlier is that the flow is nicer when. George Lucas did all three right. of them. You know, maybe he shouldn't have written because some of those, you know, the whole dialogue about sand and, you know, not liking it, it's too coarse. What the fuck is that right, about, right. you know? Right. No, I mean, you know, I like George Lucas, but... Um, um, I'm sorry, I'm oh, it's fine. <laughs> responding to my wife. Um, I like George Lucas, but I don't think that he's necessarily the greatest... Um, you know, writer or director on the planet. I mean, I think there's better. That doesn't mean that I wanted Star Wars to be anything but George Lucas's vision because it's his vision and it's his idea and it's his baby and, and I want to see what that is. But you're right. I mean, he struggles with written dialogue. He struggles with story development, I think, in my opinion, the whole time, which I think is probably why he only wanted to do four, five, and six because he had this idea of where what he wanted to do, but he probably wasn't, didn't know how to bookend them himself. You know, maybe he did. I don't know. Maybe he wrote all nine, and you know, whatever the case may be, I don't know. But I have a feeling that um, the sense that I get is that he can be limited sometimes um, in, in some of his execution, whereas creativity is off the charts. Yeah. Some of the execution of that and writing dialogue is difficult. I mean, it is. You know, and but like you said, I mean, it's. Even though the Harry Potter stories carry a continuity, well, one, they're following a storyline, but because she's involved, um, even though they switch directors, you still get the underlying continuity. And they're going to be here in like 10 minutes, so. Okay. Well. Um, but, you know, so I, I mean, I like that. I didn't, you know, you do get different visions, and, and that was one of the things that I did have an issue with during the seven Harry Potter movies, or I guess technically eight, since seven was two parts, was that, you know, one version is Christopher Columbus, and then you get Alfonso Curion doing another one, and, and then Christopher Columbus comes back. And so you get kind of multiple visions of stuff. Hogwarts looks a little different at yeah. times and stuff. But the underlying story, because she's involved, still kind of remains cohesive. Where I, I think that Star Wars, even though I loved it, you have some lack of cohesion between the three different Absolutely. Especially when I I think uh, if, the, if they would have let J.J. just direct all three, it would have been more cohesive. Even the original trilogy, which George Lucas, I think he did... Star Wars, and then he let someone else direct uh, The Empire Strikes Back, and I'm not sure if he directed Return of the Jedi. 
But it just right when it's your vision, even if you have someone, even if you're not the writer, director, and just director, and someone's writing it, even if at least we keep the same team. In theory, it'll still be more cohesive than be like, okay, we're gonna have one guy come in, and we're gonna tell trilogy, but one guy's gonna come in. You're gonna do your part, and because originally it was supposed to be J.J. Abrams, Ryan Johnson, and then uh, Colin Trevorrow, the guy okay. who did the the Jurassic Park movies that basically were both remakes of Jurassic Park One and Jurassic Park Two. Sure. And so then it would have been a whole nother thing, but after the, what happened debacle of the Last Jedi. Colin Jarrell's, you know, kind of like, fuck this, I'm just going to go back, because he wasn't even supposed to do another Jurassic World. It was, they were kind of doing the same thing with each other, so now he's going to go fuck back off to Jurassic World and do that, and uh, ladies and gentlemen, I think on that note, unless you have anything else to contribute, I, do not. I do not. think we'll wrap up the first live episode. Alan, it was great to see you. Absolutely, great to see you too, fun Absolutely. hanging out. And... Yeah, there's no way for uh, Anchor to fuck up when, That's right, you know, when we're both here live. Yeah, there's, there's <laughs> nothing, they can't stop us now. Flawless one take, nothing, perfect. Nothing to worry about, no dropped phones, <laughs> no dropped nothing phones, like no that. Reception, no nothing. It's it's been perfect, uh, and we thank you guys as always for listening, and we hope you stick around for many more episodes. And uh, Alan, you want to send us off? In the immortal words of the great Ron Burgundy, keep 